Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that Connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring an offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our Give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the Word as we look at it together. Madison and I'm out here asking people what they believe. What do you believe about the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I'm, I don't know what the, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. But it is within all of us. It might be there in one person, like cognitively, and someone might just feel it in their bones. It's there every day. What do you believe about the Spirit of God? I believe it's everywhere. Wherever you go and every person, no matter who you are, no matter what you believe, it's it's all over. I believe the Holy Spirit enacts what Jesus teaches in through my life. Well, I don't need to teach anything then. <laughs> you can all get up and leave. Well, let me welcome you here. My name is uh, Rick Countryman. I'm on the staff here at Big Valley Grace. If this is your first time with us, man, I'm really, really thankful that you're here. Welcome to all of you that are watching online. I, um, I talked to a number of you uh, this week. Some of you are sick in your home, and some of you are on vacation, and you're, you're watching uh, from your rigs and stuff, and it's one of the reasons why we, we do our internet uh, campus. But I'm, I'm, thankful, um, I'm thankful you're all here. Uh, that last song, was, was that just really great? I mean, isn't that just really a great song? So when I got here earlier today, they were rehearsing that song, and I was standing right back there, and it was just like, wow. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Most of you don't know the story behind that song. It's a pretty tragic story. And the fact that a man could write that song in the midst of just a really, really crummy moment in his life is amazing. It's an easy song to sing. But is it well because of your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is it well? Isn't it interesting? Songs are easy to sing. And we sing them. But do we really believe them? And do we really live them out if we believe them? But anyway, that, that was uh, uh, fan fantastic. So um, 
We're in this really neat series called Believe that our senior pastor, uh, Joel Boone, is having us go through. And I'm so thankful that he is because it's just really, it's really fantastic. Uh, our staff and many of you, we wrote this journal, daily journal, and I want you to know something. I've been a follower of Jesus for decades, okay? This is the finest journal you're gonna find anywhere. And it's all been done by us. And um, I know many of you are doing it. I think we printed, the first printing was seven. I think we were up to about 900. We're, we're sold out, but you can get it online. You can download it online. We don't have any more hard copies to give you. But it's really fantastic. And I love reading what some of you wrote on your day. It's really quite, quite something, uh, what we've put together there. Um, this little green sheet of paper is the sheet of paper that you fill out when you wanna become a member of our church. If you wanna become a part of this family of believers, you fill this little green sheet out. It's always been green. Like I said, I've been here decades, 40 years plus. It's always been green, okay? Whenever I see this, I know it's a membership form. And, um, Basically, to become a member of our church, there are three things that we have to know. There are three boxes, if you will, that you're gonna check on this little green sheet of paper, all right? And the first one is, are you a follower of Jesus? You can't be a member of our church unless you're a Christian. You've surrendered your life over to Christ. Or to put it the way Jesus um, kind of laid it out, is you've denied yourself, you've taken up your cross, and you're following him. You're, you're denying you. That's what Jesus leads with. He was asked, hey, I want to follow you. What do I got to do? And this is what he said. Hey, you deny you. Your feelings don't matter anymore. Your will doesn't matter anymore. Your opinions don't matter anymore. None of that matters anymore. You're going to deny you. <laughs> and then you're going to take up your cross. In other words, you're going to be willing to die for me, Jesus said. A modern day way of putting it is you, you pick up your electric chair, you pick up your um, gas chamber. The cross was just how the Romans killed people. It was their method of capital punishment. So what Jesus is saying is, listen, you're gonna deny you to the point you'd be willing to die for me. You don't get to deny you until it gets kind of rough or it gets a little dicey or you know you stop getting invited to the cool parties or people start calling you a weirdo. No, you gotta be willing to die for me and if you'll deny yourself, deny your will, your thoughts, your dreams, your hopes and make my hopes and my dreams and my will a part of your life and you're willing to die for me, then you can follow me. And so this person here has he, he marked the box. I'm a Christian. One of the things you will know if you ever meet another 
a member of this church is that they have made a profession of faith. And we call it a profession because I don't know whether it's genuine or not. I don't know. Time will bear that out, whether it's genuine or not. But you can't become a part of our family unless you're a member. Now, people can, you know, come and, and, and be here and fellowship with us and all of those things, but you can't be a part of this church family unless you're a member. And if you're here and you're not a member, I want you to know something. You should be. You ought to fill out a card and say, I, I, I want to become a member and we'll contact you and there's a class you go to and you're given a green sheet. And the first thing we want to know is, do you know the Lord as your Savior? And that's the first box you, you, you mark. The second thing we want every member of our church to have done is be baptized. You cannot be a member of this church unless you've been obedient in that area of your life. Now, baptism doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. His, his shed blood is what saves you. But we want to know that at least every member of this church has taken uh, 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 the, the bare minimum step of obedience, and that is baptism. Uh, last Sunday, I uh, was in series, our series campus. If you're new, we have a series campus. And after church, I went over to a family's house, the LaRosas, and baptized two of their sons in their pool. And there was all kinds of people there. It was just this incredible moment. Um, just really great. We baptized down at the river last weekend. We're always baptizing here. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't been baptized, man, what a, what a great moment tonight to say, you know what, I need to be baptized. And here at Big Valley Grace, our tradition is we baptize three times forward. So we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's our tradition here. I realize other churches have other traditions. I remember uh, I was saved here at Big Valley Grace a long, long time ago, and so I was baptized three times forward. I remember the first time I went to a church that baptized one time backwards, and I thought, man, these guys got it wrong. <laughs> we don't care whether you went one time backwards or three times forward. I don't know, you can't embold into the tank. As long as you went under the water, we want you to be immersed, basically, unless there's a, a reason why you can't be. And sometimes there are. I remember I baptized a paraplegic right down here. It was in his wheelchair. Obviously, they couldn't get in the river and they couldn't get in the tank. But if you ever meet another member of Big Valley Grace or someone tells you they're a member of our church, you'll know that they're a follower of Christ, they've made a profession of faith, and they've been baptized. But there's a third little box you gotta check, and that gets us to our series here. There's a number of things that we believe here. And it's what brings unity to this family of followers. Yes, we all know Christ. Yes, we've all been baptized. But we all have some common beliefs. And in our membership class, we go through those beliefs 
And you're going to mark the box saying, you know what, I get it. I'm with you. I believe those things. And if you know Christ and you've been baptized and you, you have the same beliefs that we have, man, you're, you're a part of our family. And if you ever meet somebody from our church, you'll know they're a Christian. You'll know they've been baptized. And you'll know that they have a set of beliefs that you do. There's a, a sentence uh, that, that we're kind of looking at. It's, it's actually on the green sheet, and it's our statement of faith, and it says, we believe and accept the following statements as essential for the unity and practice of the members of this church. And I'm going to read them off to you. This is what we're going through. That's what this whole journal's about. We want you in your home groups or whatever to talk about them. We want you to discuss them. We want you to know these weighty truths that you find in the scriptures. We want you to know them and understand them. And the first one is the authority of the Bible. That was week one. And I taught that down in series, and I think Pastor Joel was here. And it all begins with the fact that we believe that this is God's inerrant word. It's God-breathed, okay? It's God-inspired. And all that simply means is, is that we believe that the Holy Spirit came upon the writers of Scripture. And the Holy Spirit had those writers pin the very words that God wanted written. Now those writers wrote in their own personalities and all those kinds of things. But this is a sacred book. It's not written by some guy or a bunch of dudes. This was written by the Lord. His Holy Spirit came upon the writers and we believe this is our ultimate authority, if you will. And it has to be number one because all the other ones, you know, flow from this. The second thing we looked at is the triunity of, of God. That was number two. In other words, we believe that in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we honor each of the Godhead when we baptize. We give honor to each of them because they're all God. And I know for some of you, you know, bam! Yeah, I get it. If you could understand everything there is to know about God, what kind of God would he be? I can't even figure out my wife. <laughs> you think you're going to figure out everything there is to know about God? Even though God gives us his word and gave us these incredible things called brains and we're to use them and to think and study, and there are going to be some things you just go... As God said through the prophet Isaiah, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, 
and my ways aren't your ways, declare the Lord. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts than yours and my ways than yours. In other words, what God is saying through the great prophet Isaiah is this. You ain't God. And there will be some things that you go, wow, I, I just don't get it. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, the secret things belong to God. And that bothers some of you, doesn't it? That God just might not have let you in on everything. There are some things that only belong to him. There'll be things when we get to heaven, and guess what? We're gonna learn when we get to heaven, but you will never know everything there is to know about God, even when you get to heaven. It's, it's, it's just impossible. It'd be impossible. Then last week, we looked at the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Tonight, we're gonna look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Next week, Lord willing, we'll look at the creation and fall of man and then the salvation of man, human destiny, the existence of Satan and evil, the church of Jesus Christ, the Great Commission, and marriage and human sexuality. Why we pick these 11 things, I don't know. I'll, I'll just, I'll sound really spiritual. The Holy Spirit led us in these 11 things. How's that sound? <laughs> Some churches may only have three things. Some may have 50 things. Some don't have anything. Uh, there's not a common set of things that the members believe. Here, our elders have said, you need to know Christ as your Savior, you need to have been baptized, and these are some things we're all going to believe. And there are many times when I led the, the membership class, when I, I would get to the first one, we believe in the authority of the Bible, and I, I, people would say, oh, I didn't realize we're, you were that kind of church. Well, I don't believe that. That's okay. You just can't become a member of our church. We, we hope you'd still come. I'll trust that the Holy Spirit will continue to work in your life and that it maybe at some moment you'll come to the realization that this is God's word. But you couldn't join our church. You'd be hypocritical. You'd be checking a box that you don't believe in. I've had people say, well, I don't believe, you know, in the, the, the Trinity. Oh, okay, man, we want you to come and be a part and sing and worship and all those things, but you couldn't join our church because these are the common beliefs that we have. As I said, today we're going to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And here is the sentence that we have written about the Holy Spirit, okay? It says this, we believe the Holy Spirit is God, convicting the world, causing spiritual birth, baptizing all believers into one body in Christ, indwelling, sealing, sanctifying, guiding and teaching every believer, as well as filling and controlling those who walk in obedience to God and his word. There's a lot there, but there's a lot that's not there. 
I spoke at a church, I don't know, it was, it was, I don't know, five, seven, I don't remember how long ago it was, and I was doing a message on the Holy Spirit. This is no joke, so I get there Saturday night, you know, I show up, and the pastor, and he had some of his elders there, and they said, hey, listen, we have a, a, an idea. We, we went around, around by you, see what you think. And I said, what's that? Well, instead of getting up and preaching a message on the Holy Spirit, would you just do a Q&A on it? And I said, well, I, you know, if that's what you want me to do. Uh, and they knew we had the same belief about the Holy Spirit. And it really turned out cool. I was nervous, man. I mean, it was unbelievable, some of the questions. It was like, oh, and that was the thing that was nerve-wracking about us. You don't know, you don't know. <laughs> Somebody's asking you a question. It's like, oh, no. Um, and I, th I thought that would have been cool. Because there's a lot in the statement. But there's a lot not there. And in the short amount of time that I've got, and it's short, and I'm gonna hustle through some things here, I, I'm only gonna give you, I, I tried to boil it down to the top three, and then, then I said I, could, I, can't, I couldn't get it into three. So I said, okay, I'll go top five things I wanna tell you about the Holy Spirit. And then even that, I, 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 I'm at the top six. I got to six. So I'm gonna give you the six things that I think are interesting, things that I hope you would know and understand. You may get into your home groups this week and go, hey, you know, I'm sure the first thing out of your mouth will be, man, Pastor Rick's message was phenomenal. <laughs> I'm sure, but then after that, then you, you could say, hey, here was one of the things that I've always enjoyed about the Holy Spirit that he didn't talk about. And it's okay to bring up something in your home group and talk about another element of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, that's okay. Just don't get mad because I didn't, I didn't talk about it. So let me kind of run through these things, okay? Just, just real quick. And I hope they're a blessing to you. The first thing I want you to know about the Holy Spirit is, is that the Holy Spirit had a part in creating you. In Genesis chapter one and verse 26, we see the first moment of this thing called the Trinity, okay? God said, let us, us, who's the us? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us make human beings in our. Once again, who's the our? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Pronouns matter. <laughs> just thought I'd slip that in. Uh, not really. Some of you just went like this. That's okay, you'll, you'll figure it out. God was involved in you. Psalms 139 tells us that you, that's God, made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. Let me tell you something. Here you have one of the roles that the Holy Spirit was involved in that moment creating you. The reason why you're as tall as you are is because of the Holy Spirit. The reason why you have the color eyes you have is because of the Holy Spirit. You have the personality you have because of the Holy Spirit. You're an introvert because of the Holy Spirit. You're an extrovert because of the Holy Spirit. He was a part of creating you. 
He was a part of creating your children. When you look in the mirror, I want you to think to yourself, the Holy Spirit of God had a part in creating me. When you look at your children, think the Holy Spirit had a part in creating my kids or your grandkids or whoever they might be. You're made in the, here's the Latin phrase, and it's a great phrase, the imago Dei. You're made in the image of God. That guy you work next to, you know, in the cubicle, who you hate, was made in the imago Dei. Some of those politicians that you may not like, Believe it or not, they were made in the Imago Dei. They were made in the very image of God. And the Holy Spirit was obviously a part of that. God, the Godhead, let us, let us create these images, these image bearers. And he was a part of that. But not only did the Holy Spirit have a role in creating you, but number two, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. If you are a follower of Christ, if you know Jesus, if if you're a true believer, if your moment of surrender was really genuine, and not everybody's is. Some people are members of a church for years or decades, and then the next thing you know, they become evangelists for the demons. They deconstruct. They leave the church. Beloved, you, can't, you can leave this brick and mortar building. People do that all the time. But you cannot leave the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. You're either a part of it or you're not. So some people can come and sit in a chair and play instruments and sing hallelujah and give and serve for years, maybe decades, and then all of a sudden they go, you know what, I'm not a follower of Jesus anymore. Well, you never were. But if you truly know Christ, in fact, I'll tell you, scariest parable of all to me is the parable of the ten virgins. All ten of the virgins were invited to the party. They were invited to the wedding. They were called to the wedding. They weren't outsiders. Five of them get in and five don't. And at the very end of it, Jesus says, hey, I never knew you. Even though they got an invitation. There will be people, Jesus said, who, man, man, I was serving in the church, man. I was playing drums in the church. I was preaching in the church. I, w- I led a small group in the church. I served in the church. I gave money to the church. I went on a mission trip with the church. I did all these great things in the church. And Jesus is going to look at him and say, you know, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, obviously, he knew them in the sense that he created them, right? But I never had a personal relationship with you. So it doesn't surprise me that people after 10, 15, 20 years or whatever, say, I'm not a Christian anymore. I left the church. People are leaving the church. Whenever you read that headline, they're just people who don't understand theology. They don't understand the scriptures. You can't leave the church. You can't leave the ecclesia. You're either a part of it or you're not. It'd be more accurate to say people leave the brick and mortar building. I don't go to that brick and mortar building anymore. Great. 
We already know that the road to salvation is narrow and few people get on it. But the road is wide that leads to hell and destruction. A lot of people are on that road. And sometimes people leave the church and get onto that wide road because they were never on the narrow road in the first place. But if you know Christ, here's my point is, is that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, don't you know that you yourselves are a temple or God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you know? And for some of you, you don't know. That's why God wrote that. He wants you to know. God doesn't live inside this building. When you leave here in a little bit, he's not going to be floating around in here, you know, waiting for you to show up next Saturday night. He doesn't indwell a building made with man's hands. He lives inside of the believer. When you walk out of here, you take him with you. When you go to work, you take him with you. He's with you all the time. He lives inside of you. In Ephesians chapter 4, man, there's just this really weighty thought. It says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. In other words, the Holy Spirit, when he came into your life, he seals you for that day. Someday you're going to go to heaven. But it's that first phrase, and don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. We as believers can live in such a way where we bum out the Holy Spirit. We don't lose our salvation but we can live in a way that just bums God out, brings sorrow to him. That's weighty, isn't it? My kids have lived in ways that have bummed me out. Still my kids. Well, hey, I've lived in ways that have bummed my kids out. I'm still their dad. It doesn't change. Uh, Number three, The Holy Spirit is a helper who teaches us and reminds us. So so Jesus said this in John 14. He says, but when the Father sends the advocate, and some of your Bibles will say helper, some will say counselor, it's just a Greek word, uh, uh, paraclete. As my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Now, let me put that verse in its context so you don't mess it up by the time you leave here. What Jesus was saying to the guys, hey, listen, there's going to come a moment when the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of my works, remind you of what I taught, remind you of what I did. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John aren't written for 30, 40, 50, 60 years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. How did John remember all of the things that Jesus preached? How did he remember those miracles to write about? How did he remember all of those things that happened, you know, 40 years ago? I can't remember anything that happened like yesterday hardly. How was it that John was able to remember those things? 
because Jesus said, John, in its context, I'm going to come, I'll remind you, I'll tell you. And so all these years after, you know, Jesus dies, you, you know, you get Matthew's gospel, you get, you get Mark's gospel, you, you get Luke's gospel. You know, Luke, Luke wasn't even there. Luke wasn't even part. He probably got most of his information from Peter. But all of those guys, even what Peter wrote, in its context, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon the disciples and remind them of what took place so that they would know what to write. But it does have application for us. Um, my son-in-law just um, graduated from journeyman lineman school. And he had to take a big test. And when I prayed for him on the phone, he, he was in Colorado at the time, my prayer for him was that God would recall to his memory everything that he had studied. <laughs> see, see, now listen kids, this is big, if you're, if, when you're in school. <laughs> you, you don't go into a room and go, oh, I got a math test. Oh God, help me! And you never studied, because God ain't gonna do it. Isn't it weird that when you became a Christian, you know, God didn't, you know, somehow download all the information? <laughs> Treasure the knowledge! Treasure! Treasure! Treasure now! Okay. I got it! I got it! I got it all! Doesn't work that way, does it? God can only recall to your memory that which you have read and studied. That's what he recalls to your memory. And so, kids, when you go into a test, what you do is say, God, God would you recall to my memory everything I, I studied in my English class? Would you recall to my memory everything I studied in my history class? God, would you recall to my memory? That's the prayer. Because you've got a lot of stuff up there. But God can't recall it to your memory if you've never studied it. Uh, I... There are moments where I'll be talking to somebody or I'll be on a walk or whatever and I'm thinking about something and all of a sudden, bing! All of a sudden, this verse is in my mind. I'm going, okay, where, where was that? Okay, I know that was somewhere. I got it. Okay, I, what that? And all of a sudden, I'm reading a, a verse I haven't read in, you know, 20 years, 30 years, but it was here. And so God brought it to my memory. God can't bring anything to your memory if you haven't read the word haven't studied the word that's why that's why it's super important N number four uh, the Holy Spirit is one who gave you your spiritual gifts you can look that up in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses uh, uh, 4 through 9 and 11 I don't know what your gifts are I don't know I just know at the moment God came into your life, when the Holy Spirit came into your life, he gave you a spiritual gift, which is different than some, you know, physical gift that you might have. You, some of you don't even know what that gift is. You're seeing one of the gifts working right now, the gift of teaching, preaching, but there are all kinds of gifts. And one gift is not, one gift isn't better than the other. They're all equal. 
The Holy Spirit is the one who distributes them because he wants you to use them in the service of somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, number five. The Holy Spirit helps and prays for you when you're weak. And this one's so, so important. It, it says in Romans chapter eight, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, when we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the whole, uh, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words or with words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Let me tell you what that means, because a lot of churches, a lot of preachers goof that up. There have been many times in my life, I'm sure there have been times in your life when something has happened and you're just broken. You're just broken. You just, I'm broken. Oh, oh God. God. Oh, God, help me. You don't even know what to pray. You don't know. You're just groaning. And the scripture says at that moment, the Holy Spirit steps in and the Holy Spirit begins to pray. When you're in such weakness and you're just so just gone, just, God's there. And he'll begin to pray for you. Some of my greatest prayers, I have no idea what I was even praying because I was just bawling, I was crying, I was curled up in the fetal position over something that had happened to me or my family or whatever, and I just can't pray. I, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say. Sometimes I get off the phone with some of you, and something's happened in your family, in your life, and I hang up the phone. I, God, God, I don't even know what to pray. I just know the pain and the sorrow and whatever it is that's going on. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of you is there to pray. And last but not least, the Holy Spirit empowers you and, and guides you. In Acts chapter one, there's this great passage, okay, where Jesus says, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when God's Spirit, my Holy Spirit comes upon you, and that happens at the moment of salvation, you're gonna receive Having the Holy Spirit in you is unbelievably important to a Christian. But one of the reasons why God gave you the Holy Spirit is that you would have the power not just to be his witnesses, and God wants us to be his witnesses. But man, the world we're living in right now, whew, you know what, take some power, take some guts, man. Take some guts to say, you know what, this is what I believe in. And just wait for all of the barbs and all of the stuff to come. You need power to somehow handle that moment with grace and mercy, and yet, at the same time, still stand for, for truth 
All right, everybody stand up. Uh, Pastor Brandon's gonna come out here and we're gonna sing a song, but I want us to say these six things out loud uh, together, okay? So everybody stand up. And I wanna hear your voices, okay? Put, put those up on the, on the jumbotrons, got them? Last slide, here we go. There we go. Here we go. All right. We got all, got all of them up there? Or we got to do them one at a time? How do we want to do this? All right. No, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Okay. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Oh, here, here we go. All right. All right. Here we go. Number one, the Holy Spirit had a part in creating me, right? The Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. Number three. Holy Spirit is a helper who teaches me and reminds me. Number four. There it is. The Holy Spirit gave me my spiritual gifts. Number five. The Holy Spirit helps me and prays for me when I'm weak. And last but not least, number six. The Holy Spirit empowers me and guides me. Father, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit and its life work, and may this just be a great way to end our gathering now, and I pray this in your name, amen.